What are you doing here? What are you doing here? This is my house. Well, I told I mean, you how to get to my house. You kind of just, you know, made the invitation, you know, and I figured like, well, why that? Why the heck not? Just show up and let's Dimension. record an episode of Two Noobs Talking, right? I mean, what the hell? Heck yeah. Yeah. Heck yeah. Why not? I mean, no, no John Tracy this week. So uh, no. what are you going to do? Well, what? head on over and chat a little bit and give a little bit of a different take, I guess you could say. See, that? that's what you can do when you're in the same state. <laughs> there you go. That's right. right it on. is Two Noobs Talking. We are at episode 135. Mm-hmm. Uh, as you can see, that is Matt Craig. I'm Steve Murray. John Tracy is off doing his thing this week. We'll be back next week, I believe. Yeah. Um, so we are doing this in the same location for the very first time in Two Noobs history. You know, it's it's interesting, Steve, being here in the underground bunker that you're here on. It's like I feel safe, secure, you know, more than anything else. And, you know, the cell phone you know, signal isn't as strong as it's been. <laughs> so it's great to be here. Yeah. Right. Well, we got lead line walls, <laughs> so we're safe from fallout. We are good. Um, we did play with uh, you know the format here a little bit since this is the first. We didn't know quite what to do, so at first we thought maybe we go tonight show format with the couch over there. <laughs> but I don't have a desk down here, so that didn't work. We thought about doing like the um, Rich Eisen, you know, one person here, one person there, two cameras, two mics. That doesn't work. Yeah. So what we've decided to do is go full on Larry King, one mic. I'm going to lean uncomfortably close to me, to you, so you, oh can, God. So you can see all my fillings. I should have worn my suspenders. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Where's the gruff accent? That's what I'd like. <clears throat> my Larry King probably sounds too much like my Tony Fauci. <laughs> it's probably true. Really? Right, so um, we're going to run this just like any other two noobs. Yeah. So uh, we got the over 40 and fun fact brought to you by W Energy Drinks. It's W.GG. It's D-U-B-B-Y dot G-G. Oh, yeah. Pick out your favorite energy drink. Enter the promo code 2NoobsTalking, T-O-O-N-O-O-B-S, if you caught that talking. Yeah. Uh, and get 10% off your order. Love it. Good stuff. Love it. Um... I guess I'll let you go first, since your your over forty rant got cut due to technical difficulties. Yeah, which I'm um, not blaming Riverside on. Anyway, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yeah, my over forty rant, Steve, real simple is um, pollen. What the hell? I mean, I am so sick and tired of having to cough and sneeze this last week. It hasn't gone away yet. Even a week ago, I was still, you know, it was still jiggling around in there. And finally, it's starting to fully come out. Finally. But the car, oh my gosh, prior to this rainstorm, thank God the rain's here. Man, alive. You want to talk about, like, washing the car twice a week. Not a lot of fun. Not a lot of fun at all. I know you, I know it's like, what, coming over here, it's like tree infestation oh, yeah. and pollen and stuff like that. So yeah, I am officially done. Officially done with pollen. Finished. Well, that's how plants reproduce. So I know. Uh, if we get rid of pollen, we get rid of plants. We get rid of plants, we get rid of oxygen. We get rid of oxygen, <laughs> we get rid of us. That's the theory anyway. <laughs> well, if it's a minor inconvenience to have pollen around, I guess. We might as well just have it, I guess, I suppose. Plants having sex getting in your lungs, folks. <laughs> Oh my! <laughs> no spit takes here. Um, no. All right. Well, why don't we go to our W uh, sponsored fun fact as well, which 
Still. This also has to do with uh, plants. It has been found that there is a plant in Morocco, hmm. a cactus-like plant, that is so hot, uh, it is 10,000 times hotter Ooh. than the Carolina Reaper. Oh, my gosh. Which is the world's hottest pepper. Mm. Uh, that's also apparently 45,000 times hotter than the hottest of habaneros, which I have had. Uh, 4.5 million times hotter than a jalapeno, which Ooh. also I have had. Wow. Um, so, yeah, you probably don't want to eat this. But apparently it is being used, another fun fact, mm. is apparently being used to study for possible pain-killing um, properties okay and i know you're thinking like something that gives you pain how does that take away the yeah. pain? well apparently if it's injected it can kill the nerve endings hmm. and will stop the pain from being transmitted from being transmitted so, to the brain interesting hmm. i don't know if i could ever i mean i've like mild is usually like the highest temperature i could even have and anything spicier like it's i'm it's almost like i'm taking a shower it's so bad like in terms of the sweat, you said you you've done what was it? Uh, the jalapeno. Before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Have you ever had anything hotter than that? Steve? Yeah, I've had habanero. Uh, I get um, Tostitos salsa. Okay. Hot, which has habanero in it. There you go. So I've had, and we've grown habaneros, and I've put them in my own salsa. So I mm. had that. Mm-hmm. Um, I, my wife, I think I said this on the podcast before once got us ghost pepper salsa which i tried um no good and well it was good it tasted good yeah yeah yeah. but i needed about a gallon of milk (laughs) to wash down the probably ounce that i ended up consuming that day wow oh yeah my food i I like jalapenos especially because they're not super hot but they also have a nice flavor yeah so it's good kick to it yeah yeah, yeah. jalapenos are good i throw them in boxed macaroni and cheese because i'm a psycho yeah i that no i couldn't do it i just couldn't do i mean i remember just even this even just having a jalapeno for me even in like even if it's mixed in with nachos or something like that mm-hmm. it's just really just awful for me it's just like i bite into it and it tastes great but man alive, the, the <laughs> after effects of me just going like, oh my gosh, and I'm like telling myself off over here. Well, it ain't working. Well, it ain't working. <laughs> a tip from two noobs for the folks out there who can't stand the heat. Yeah. If you cut out the seeds and the membranes from the pepper, you can still get the flavor with less heat. There you go. So There you go. Yeah. But speaking of things we can't stand, <laughs> we're going to hop right into topic one. Yeah. Oh my! Um, we don't yeah. actually have an article for this because there's plenty of them out there, and we don't know just which one to pick. No, I'm sure everyone by now knows the big news from last Monday, uh, which was that both Tucker Carlson mm. from Fox News and Don Lemon from CNN <laughs> were both relieved of their duties by their respective employers on the same day. Wild hours apart. What a wild Monday. Yeah, that was Wild crazy. Monday. Yeah. I, I don't know, Matt, just your initial take on this whole thing. Yeah, I mean, it's, it, it's one, unbelievably fascinating to me that you've had, you know, especially on the Tucker Carlson side, and I guess we'll get to him later. Don Lemon really probably should have been let go about 10 years ago. I think he started to lose his mind when he suggested that a Malaysian airliner that was lost, tragically lost, 
was sucked in by a black hole. I mean, that alone right there tells me that guy's not mentally stable enough. And even though he's reading off a teleprompter, more on that later, you know, he just wasn't cut out. I think, and he started to continue to lose his mind down the road and became more misogynistic Mm. and racist and all that kind of stuff down the road. It was just, I mean, it was inevitable. I think he was looking to get fired, to be perfectly honest. Well, I mean, effectively, he was fired a while ago when they demoted him to the yeah from his own primetime television yeah. show to um, morning puff pieces. Just crazy. Yeah. And having to work with women. Oh, my God. For him, it was crazy. Yeah. Shocking. Tucker, though, is a fascinating tale. Um, there is this, I think, on the conservative side of things, they, they've had this problem in the fact that everything is they're out everybody's out to get a conservative or something like that within the media and you see it and when you see tucker being let go because of the dominion lawsuit which you last week steve was hilarious like you made a joke about it i didn't pick up on it until i read what happened with tucker i was like oh that's what steve meant with that <laughs> 700 we're not two noobs is not you know responsible for you know, a $787 million lawsuit. I mean, that's crazy. Three quarters of almost a billion dollars lawsuit mm-hmm. of these machines. I, You know, I, I look at him and I think like, is there an authentic guy there? Probably. But I'm not jumping on any sort of media bandwagon either, to be perfectly honest. I, I'm... Nor should you. Yeah, it's, it's just a guy reading a teleprompter. And whatever he wants to make out, he's going to make out, uh, you know, reading whatever uh, article is on a teleprompter or not. Um, I don't know. I don't know really exactly what, what to make of him. Um, I'm pumping the brakes though, in regards to him, to be perfectly honest. I mean, I don't know. What do you think about the whole situation? I'll go. So I'll go backwards. I'll start with Tucker. Mm. Um, I think, uh, I've had a problem with him for a while because I think he's very sensationalistic. Yeah. Um, overplays. I mean, if you listen to him, every school in America is teaching critical race theory. <laughs> clearly not the case. Yeah. Uh, I have children in school and I can tell you that they're not learning that. Yeah. Uh, despite what he may say. Yeah. Uh, but I think, I mean, his was interesting because he is the, the highest rated host on that network. Yeah. I mean, and they let him go. million people for for a cable news network that's pretty good yeah um but for for you to can your cash cow like that yeah had to be pretty bad and i think we saw what a liar he was Mm -hmm. by the fact that those text messages got released yeah he doesn't believe half the stuff he's peddling on his program yeah uh and he does it it's the espn effect we talked about weeks ago yeah charles barkley yeah exactly he does stuff that will get him the three and a half million viewers because he knows there's people out there who are going to listen and buy into it. Yeah. And then, oh, what's Tucker got to say about this today? Yeah. So he will tailor his message to that audience because that's what they want to hear, not what he actually believes. Yeah. Now, Don Lemon, Don Lemon is just a, a tool and a buffoon yeah. at this point. Yeah. Um, it just, like I said, he got demoted to the, to the morning douchebag, uh, yeah and couldn't even keep his job there i mean that they what i saw was he had some blow up with some potential presidential candidate um, yeah yeah, Yeah. wednesday before uh 
he was let go. Couldn't even have a conversation with the guy. And really, Vivek came across as a guy that was just your typical, hey, I'm just trying to kind of come across with my point of view. And I'm trying to listen to what you're having to say. And Don was just off the rails, off the rails, completely off the rails. And I think that was the moment where it was like, okay, we've had enough of this guy. We just need to wasn't it. wasn't he also the one who blew the midnight in uh, Central Time Zone? I think so. Yeah, on the CNN broadcast. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There was a little bit of that. I think I, I don't think it was him. I think there might have been Anderson Cooper. Might have been drunk on air on midnight. One of the midnight. Well, uh, New Year's Eve nights or something that, like that too. But but I'm I'm pretty sure it was Lemon who was the one who midnight came in Central Time Zone. And he's like, oh, we missed it. Duh. And then, he tried, <laughs> and then he tried to blame it on somebody else. Yeah. But I, part of me is happy this happened because yeah. these these two guys are pushing to the right and to the left way too hard. But yeah. but as it always is the case, yeah, when you want somebody like that booted, mm-hmm. who you're going to get in their place, and you worry it's going to be even worse. I, what do you see as kind of the fallout from this? Uh, well, I mean, Fox is definitely taking a hit right now. No mm-hmm. question. Um, yeah. You know, with uh, with what's going on with them, uh, particularly on the rating side. And I mean, that I think when you fire a news personality like that, you're going to go through something like that. Do I see them bouncing back? Yeah, I could probably see Gutfeld doing it. Greg Gutfeld maybe doing that time slot, but he's got a very successful late night show. Yeah, I don't see him. Which I don't think, you know, if you're Fox, you're not going to do that. So you maybe homegrown talent, you get somebody to come up and do that type of thing. I mean, I've heard it said that maybe that when Tucker comes up on his own platform, you know, everyone's going to flock there or whatever. And then, I mean, I've also heard that he, I mean, this is on the Timcast podcast that he was speculating that, oh, he's going to run with Donald Trump for 2024, which I'm thinking to myself, good Lord almighty, we do not... We do not need that, folks. We don't need a media personality running as vice president of the United States. We just don't. That's not what this country needs right now. It needs strong leadership. Illinois Smith, Smith, 2024. 2024. Right. But this kind of goes back. I was going to also make this point, too. Uh, Neil Postman had a great book, uh, Amusing Ourselves to Death. It's one one of the best books I've ever read in terms of really like where we are now seeing ourselves in our culture today. When you read Postman in uh, in the book, it's dated back in the 1980s and things. But there was a chapter I, I shared with you in pre-production where it was like, here's this woman, you know, she's hiring a Kansas City media affiliate and she's, you know, very attractive or whatever, but she was fired because she didn't have the right authenticity or something along those lines within the Kansas City market. And they fired her. And it just goes to, my point is, we, you can't be so fixated on a media personality to share their opinions. You know, it's like you form your own opinion. Their job is to basically tell you what is going on, not share their opinion on what is going on. They are supposed to, you know, basically just tell you what happened. And then you make the inference and decision. And if there's anything that I want to see of a reform of cable news is these stupid opinion, one hour blocks gone. I mean, just make it a straight 
24 hour news cycle, whatever the case may be, just run it like a la what Sports Center did, Steve. I don't, I, you know, we, we keep going back to it. It's you have 24 hour cable news network, mm-hmm. they can't possibly fill it with 24 hours of news, and they have to yeah. justify the ad space that they sell and so they need viewers for that so they will bring in sensationalists who will oh i wonder what he's gonna say i wonder what she's gonna say we we need to we need to have personalities in the prime spots where people are going to be watching to attract the advertising revenue yeah and that's how this works it's not about the news yeah you know if you want the news you could go to the six o'clock news on your local thing and there's probably personalities on there too that Eyeball news. Eyeball news. You know, you got eyeballs floating around and and you like those people. But at at least it's not delving into the realm that you see on the cable news networks. Yeah. CNN, MSNBC, Fox News, like all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Where you have to fill. Because NBC, CBS, ABC, Fox, they've got other programming to fill the rest of the 24 hours. That's not some douchebag with a microphone. Yeah. spewing their own opinions and and also um, too podcasting is cool though we're, we're, we're down with Hell guys yeah. you know Hell podcasting. Yeah. and also to your point um the breaking news everything is breaking news now everything and that just heightens the tension you know in the in overall media culture and that's just something that i think really unless a breaking news story really should be something where if there is a massive mass event now it seems like every single event is a breaking news story and it's like no i don't need to know all about the different mass shooters i don't need to know about that stuff i already know you know there's some rotten people out there unfortunately I don't need to know every single time there's a mass shooting. I don't need to know every single time. You mean as a breaking as a breaking news story? Yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, unless it's localized within the particular area, okay, I can understand. Like if something were to happen in the Philadelphia area, yeah, okay, I would probably want to know, especially if I'm you know if I'm a parent or whatnot. Um, but at the same time, it's like, do I need to know it on a national scale? No, I don't, you know, no one in Little Rock, Arkansas is going to want to know why something happened in Philadelphia. Things along those lines. I, I just, I think the, the, my point is the whole idea of the breaking news culture has just got to stop. It's just not helping us really as a society kind of just trying to move forward and getting away from me. Well, I think that part of the problem, too, is when you have the breaking news, then somebody needs has the need to opine upon it. Yes. You know, it's not just this happened mm-hmm. and we're following the story. It's this happened and here's I'm going to tell you right here and now how to fix it. Yeah. Or what needs to be done. Or what we hope this person really is, because we really want to get back at this person politically, because this is exactly. it's this narrative. Forget exactly. that. Yeah. <laughs> oh! <laughs> you can sit down over there, son. <laughs> I know it's weird. Like this is so interesting to I, have this this way, I but yeah, I don't really know what to do, <laughs> who to look at, or I, I could stare blankly into the camera. I was like, "What's going on there?" Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. yeah. All right. Well, topic two. Anyway, breaking news. <laughs> Insider article. 
Mr. Matt, I think you brought this to our attention. Well, let's do it. Uh, North Carolina lawmakers introduced bill to ban participation trophies for kids. Love it. Love it. North Carolina lawmakers introduced a bill to ban giving children participation trophies for youth sports activities. Mm. Uh, there were three Republican state representatives who introduced a bill called Eliminate Participation Trophies. That's very imaginative. Very. Uh, to the state Senate on March 30th. So this is still breaking news even though it's not. <laughs> the bill says that any award given to children for youth recreation activities must be based on identified performance achievements. Yep. Uh, quote, youth sports or other youth recreation activities operated under the authority of a local government. And that's the part I missed until I was doing my prep reading mm. this morning. Mm. Operated under the authority of a local government shall not include awards for participants mm. based solely on their participation in the sport or other activity. Mm. Uh, that's according to the one-page bill. Which is amazing, by the way, when you actually will put this in the show notes, too, because that bill is hilarious. It's only like maybe about a couple of paragraphs. That's it. It literally is two pages, like less than a page long. It's hilarious. It's great. <laughs> the, the article concludes that uh, conservatives regularly rail against giving children awards for participation in an athletic activity <laughs> rather than winning. And the sentiment dates back decades. Mm. An op-ed in an Ohio newspaper from 1922, the silent era, <laughs> called out the practice of giving trophies to everyone who participated in a high school basketball playoff, according to the news Amazing. Matt, you are clapping. Why? I love it. Um, <laughs> you know, it's like when, when you and I were playing hockey back in the day, uh, you know, we played in leagues where there were no such things as participation trophies. Uh, we had to earn, you know, we going to the playoffs, had to earn getting a championship, all that kind of stuff. You now, fortunately, have won, how many was it, four? I think? Count the, no, way more than that. Count the plaques over on Oh, good Lord almighty. Yeah, at least <laughs> definitely more than four. Um, probably more on the hands. But in any event, I mean... The idea of a participation trophy, while I understand the sentiment, it's you have to earn. Like when you win a trophy, you earn it. Like you have to like qualify to get into the postseason or any sort of you know playoff format in any sort of league, and then go for the championship. If you end up making it in, like you go to the championship game and lose, I could see a second place trophy. Not a problem there. Um, it would still sting because I, I mean, I've always been a competitive guy. I want to win, you know, that kind no, of no deal. Doubt. Um, but to give a participation trophy, the last one I was given was way back in the late eighties when I was like 12 years old, running around and kicking a soccer ball. I mean, that, that, I mean, that's great, but that didn't really matter all that much at the end of the day. It didn't because it was just a camp and I was there for a week and it was over and then you move on basically. It's like getting a trophy for going to camp for a week doesn't really, you know, you didn't really win it, is my point. You know, that kind of a deal. It's kind of weird, I think, um, to give a participation trophy out for kids. I think it's more important for them to win something and, and to strive for excellence and go out there and do their best in a particular game. I'm not going to lie. I, when I got this article, mm. um, and more so this morning, I was trying to think about, I've thought a lot about it, hmm. um, and I could probably fill an entire episode with just thoughts on 
you know, sports and participation and all that kind of stuff. Sure. Uh, I will point out that when we were playing hockey, we were doing that as basically adults. Yeah. I mean, I was 16, but I was playing in an adult league. Yeah. Uh, It wasn't like little kids. Um, I see it sort of in two kind of camps. Okay. Um, One where you have, you're talking about competition, um, you know, a tournament or a playoff, you know, what have you in that context. But there's also the context of like an individual team, mm-hmm. you know, handing out trophies to the players. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I, the, that second part mm. I am okay with mm-hmm. because I think you're just, you're recognizing your teammates and making everybody, you know, on the team, feel like a team player part of it mm-hmm. the the you know the tournaments yeah especially as you get older children mm. absolutely you save the trophies and medals or whatever for the actual winning winner. stuff yeah mm-hmm. um i that i don't have a problem with but one of the fundamental concepts i've been struggling with is mm. i know and i'm one of them too you know all the participation trophy generation <laughs> etc um you know although the the adults who I guess would be the baby boomers at this point are really to blame because they're the ones who are giving us as children, the participation trophies. It's so all your fault. Out there. It's your fault. Uh, um, <laughs> but <clears throat> so the, you know, the, all oh, the participation trophy generation, uh, whatever. but I'm, I'm really trying to get at what problem is giving a participation trophy hmm. causing in society hmm. is really my question. Hmm. Because I, I, the more I thought about it, the more I think like, yeah. I think the participation trophy is just a scapegoat, an easy kind of symbol of something mm. larger that I can't exactly put my finger on. Fair, fair point. So, I mean, what do, do you have a thought as to as to what what is the problem fundamentally with a participation trophy? Probably if I had to really stop to think about it, I think maybe in the fact that it's really, you know, in the article it talks about conservatives railing against children's awards for participation in athletic activity. I think from a conservative side of things, they're looking at it as a, well, achievement is probably the most important thing and success and drive and striving for success is really the most important life lesson for a kid to learn. And if you mm-hmm. don't make it, okay, you learn from your mistakes, you learn from, you know, particular issues or anything like that, or something that happened in a particular play. Okay. This is what I should have done. Therefore I know what I'm going to do going forward. That kind of a deal. I think the, the, and I think that's what probably is what's causing the backlash on, if you're talking about it from a conservative side, if you're just, if that same, then I think the argument is if that one kid fails, a liberal will then say, well, we're still going to give you a trophy for mm-hmm. doing, you know, a, a good good enough job. You didn't quite get to win, mm-hmm. but in order for you not to feel bad, we're going to give you this trinket over here to kind of say, okay, good idea, great job, don't worry about it, keep learning for it. I think that's probably where the pushback is coming from, and I think that's probably where... From, you know, from the conservative side, I, mean, I think you're right. I think it's a matter of really kind of judiciously thinking, how can I best, like, get my kid or child to learn when they fail? 
and when they fall short in a particular sport, sporting event, and to always keep your head up and things along those lines. Because a lot of times we will fail. I mean, there's just no oh, question about it, you know, in that regard. So I think that's probably, I don't know if that answers your question, Steve, but I think that's probably what's where I'm seeing like where the conservative side of things are. Right. That maybe there's this, like, they're looking at the participation trophy and they're saying, okay, no, 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 no. We really, this doesn't really send the right message, but it's like, well, okay, you're putting forth a bill to say ban it all together. I don't know if that necessarily is the right idea either. Yeah, I mean, that's that's one of my other points yeah. is really you've got nothing better to do in the North Carolina State Senate than to put this forward. I mean, yeah. whether you're well, for... Slip it in there with the addendum and whatnot. Right, so. right. <laughs> well, it's only one page. It's hard to... Hard to you know, they won't catch it. A paper clip. It uh, I mean, I, whether you're for participation trophies or not, yeah. uh, which, you know, I can go either way on. Mm. The, the, the fact that you're consuming time in the State Senate for this is kind of silly. Yeah. Um, but I think you did hit on a larger point, which is teaching kids that failure is something that happens. Yeah. Uh, and the things you need to do when it does happen. Yeah. I think that's the larger issue. And I don't mm-hmm. think just simply banning uh, participation trophies, which reading what it says here, I mm-hmm. can think of a billion ways to get around that. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. You know. Mm-hmm. letter of the law to still give out trophies to everybody. Sure, sure. Um, but I, I think the, the larger issue is teaching kids that failure is not something to be afraid of. Exactly. It's something you need to learn from. Yes. Now, I've been, I've been, co- th- this year I will actually have my own team mm. to head coach uh, on the ice. There you go. Um, but I've been coaching for years now at this point, uh, since my son was seven. So look out John Tortorella or... Yeah, <laughs> dude, I learn a lot from yeah. listening to his press conference. Oh yeah, he is he he's is fantastic. full of wisdom. Yeah, fantastic. Um, but what I mean, as a hockey coach, I have to go through training through USA Hockey. Yeah, USA Hockey. Um, and this is a whole other tangent you could go off on. Yeah, sure. USA Hockey stresses that the most important job as a coach is to develop yeah. the players. Yeah, not to win, to develop. So, so what if, does that mean? Rep, repetition, all that kind of stuff, right? Right. right. Yeah. So I have done my job as a coach mm-hmm. if from the beginning of the season to the end of the season, mm-hmm. all the players on my team have made mm-hmm. strides yeah. and are better than they were at the beginning. At the beginning. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that gets lost on some people um, who, and I've heard, I've heard former professional players yeah. who become like youth coaches yeah. say they will never sacrifice development for winning. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cause it's so important. I mean, at the end of the day, if you're, if you, it's all about winning, you're missing the bigger picture because it's like, you may even in the midst of trying to win, you're still going to fail to do so. You know what I mean? Like you're mm-hmm. always going to have the setbacks. It's how you, take those setbacks in and develop to your point, that whole character as a player and to kind of say, okay, I know what I did was wrong here. Here's what I can do to rectify it going forward. That kind of a deal. Right. And here's another aspect that worries me about this, Mm. which is, and not you, the viewer, I'm pointing, (laughs) my article is on the same screen as our our camera. So um, what worries me about this is 
an attitude of going the complete reverse, which winning at all costs. Yeah, exactly. Right? Which I mean, I this was this past season was the first year yeah. I my son has participated in tournaments where mm-hmm. I felt like the talent level was on an even plane. Yeah tournaments we've been to before yeah there were always like one or two teams where you know they stacked them we were a b-level yeah, team you yeah. know they're stacking them with a or double a players because they just want to win the tournament yeah it's not about the kids enjoying the tournament or or learning or having fun having fun yeah it's all about making sure you get the winner's trophy yeah. or medal or yeah whatever. yeah and i think that's just a bad i think it's just a bad result yeah i mean my philosophy as a coach mm. i uh, give equal playing time to everybody yep. because how is somebody supposed to develop if they sit on the bench? Yeah. And I mean, the, I'm sure parents are cool with me too, because everybody pays the same amount. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So is it really fair if I'm paying the same amount of money, if my kid's sitting for he, he sees the ice five minutes out of the 45 minute game yeah. and everybody else's kids. Cause guess what? You're going to hear from that parent. Hey, I'm right. spending X amount of money here. My kid's only getting five minutes, but, but I mean, aside from that issue, the yeah. bigger picture is how is he supposed to develop? Exactly. You know, yeah. you could have a set penalty kill line, but if your team's always taking penalties yeah. and your kid never sees the ice, yeah. how is he supposed to learn what a penalty kill is? Exactly. I could talk blue in the face for 24 hours straight about mm-hmm. how a good penalty kill works. Here's where you put your stick. This is what you do. This is when you attack a guy. This is when yeah. you back off. Yeah. But unless they get out there and do it, they're not going to learn it. Yeah. And if you're riding the bench, I mean, unless you're at one of these like elite level mm-hmm. things where winning is part of it. If yeah. you're a lower level team, yeah. everybody should be seeing the ice or the field or whatever. Same amount of time because that's how you develop. Yeah. You can't simulate game situations. No. Um, and, and just one Final yeah, even as, really as, as best you can in a coaching situation, you really cannot simulate what's going on in a game. No, you can't. You just can't. Yeah, you can't. That's a great point. Uh, and then the, the, the just final thing I want to yeah. say on that is another thing you learn from USA Hockey is kids all develop at different rates. Yeah. Just physically, mentally. Yeah. The, the kid who is a superstar at seven years old, eight mm-hmm. years old, mm-hmm. he may be more developed physically than everybody else at that point. And if he just coasts on that, by the time he's 14, he might not be the best player anymore because yeah. everyone else is now caught up to him. Yeah. So it's really hard to tell who is going to be good when. Yeah. And so that's why it's important that everybody participate and play and develop. Yeah. Because you never know what's going to happen. Yeah. And I think one of the most important things is, and this gets back to the trophy issue, mm. giving kids confidence. Mm-hmm. You can see in professional athletes when somebody is confident, when somebody is not. When yeah. When when just things aren't working, you can just see it in their face. Kids is the same way. Yeah. A kid who is confident can go out and play well, and a kid who is not going to get confidence is is going to shrivel up. Shrivel up. And head down. And whatever by, the case is. by yeah. doing things that encourage everybody mm-hmm. on the team, yeah. um, I think you can help kids' confidence. Now that you know, yes, the winner should get the bigger trophy the the mvp of the team should get some medal that says mvp sure but is it so bad if the if the least talented kid on your team gets a thing that says you're the best teammate this season you know what's wrong with that if that if that gets the kid to your point if that grows the kid's confidence that's perfectly understandable i would have and again i i convinced me i would have no problem with something like that i think this bill although again really you know, maybe there was good intent. 
I mean, it could have been either way, too, to be perfectly honest. I mean, if we're going to be honest with each other. Oh, yeah. You know, I mean, banning participation trophies just for the sake of just banning them, which this bill seems to be. Right. Eh. You know, that kind of a deal. It's kind of a, you know, kind of... You're almost there. You're almost hitting the bullseye, but you're not quite there. You're just a little bit off the beaten well, path. That's what happens when you put it in the hands of the government. Well, there you go. Right? Yeah. So, at the end of the day, yeah. And you know, the, the nice thing about being here in person is if I don't like what you have to say, <laughs> I can reach across the table and just punch you. <laughs> not, not, not that fake stuff where we're doing it, you know, cross state. I was just going to say in regards to that, remember John said last week, no fist fighting. No Did. fist fighting at all. So, John, we're abiding by what you're saying. We're not fist fighting. We're on our best behavior. We're on our but best if, behavior. But if I grab him and choke him, I'm not fist fighting. <laughs> That's not qualified as a fist fight. Just, I, I guess. Just want you to know I that. guess not, but it could be construed as murder. Just saying. Who's the lawyer here? That's a good point. Topic three. <laughs> hey, that's my, my line. Topic three. Well, what am I supposed to say now? Oh, right. Um, one for the weird file once again. Oh yeah. Uh, and I just want to point out once again, it was not me. And so you, you weirdos, keep bringing the weird file. Well, just, you just know, saying. A fortune article. Fancy eating lunch at the edge of space? Lunch in space. You'll soon be able to for $132,000. Oh, really? Yes. Fork it over. The, I mean, I don't know if I have my condo up for sale. You know, to be perfectly honest, Steve. I don't think so you sell your condo, you can eat lunch in space. It's a once-in-a-lifetime experience. Yeah, left over $30,000, I think it should be good. You yeah, have to do it. Uh, look, I'll even let you live in my fallout shelter <laughs> until you can get back on your feet. The underground bunker. Yeah, there's enough, yeah. enough space down here for sure. Well, so the space race just got a new entrant. Francis Zefalto, there you go. assume that's how it's pronounced, yeah. is offering passengers the chance to travel to the stratosphere in a balloon. Beg pardon? I hope it doesn't get confused for a Chinese... Weather, weather balloon. balloon. <laughs> yes. But you can do this starting at 120,000 euros, which is where the 132,000 arbitrary amount came from. Per wow. person. Per person. Per person. In 2025. Oh, so now we got to wait like two years? Yeah. Well, it's plenty of time to sell your condo. <laughs> Zafalto founder and aerospace engineer, Vincent... I'm not even going to try. Ferre de la No, just... He's, <laughs> he's, he's Vincent. <laughs> Vincent tells Bloomberg that he's planning on 60 flights a year with just six passengers on board each flight. Oh my the company aims to provide an experience that brings the best bits of French hospitality, fine food, wine, and design. And a snooty nose. There you go. Hmm. To the edges of space. Apologies to any French viewers. <laughs> for those who can afford the six-figure ticket. Balloons filled with helium or hydrogen... That's not good. Clearly, Vincent has never heard of the Hindenburg. Yeah, that might be a bit of a problem. Yeah. <laughs> uh, these dangerous balloons will depart from France with two pilots on board and rise 25 kilometers into the stratosphere for one and a half hours. Wow. Once at peak altitude, which is about three times higher than for a commercial airliner. Oh, my gosh. So this is not an open air balloon. Uh, yeah. <laughs> clearly. Yeah. The balloon will stay for three hours, giving guests a chance to take in views previously seen only by astronauts. The descent will take a further hour and a half for a six-hour round trip. 
According to Vincent, we chose 25 kilometers high because it's the altitude where you are in the darkness of space with 98% of the atmosphere below you. So you can enjoy the curvature of the earth in the blue line. You're in the darkness of space, but without the zero gravity experience. Matt, you eating lunch in space anytime soon? Be careful of that re-entry. It's going to get you <laughs> uh, in that regard. Um, for $132,000, hell no. Well, let's say you had $132,000 to blow <laughs> on just about whatever you wanted. Hell Would no. Would you then do it? <laughs> Probably not. Um, it's fascinating, though, at the end of the day. I mean, it's like a balloon ride that goes all the way up to the top of the stratosphere. I mean, that, that would be an unbelievable ride, for one thing. Um, highest I've ever been, commercial airliner, 32,000 feet, typically, I think, is what they usually go up for, I believe, something about right. It's transcontinental flight to Europe there. Um, but, yeah, I mean, in a balloon, that, hmm, interesting. I... For $132,000, that better be the best damn filet mignon I've ever <laughs> eaten in my entire life. I'm just saying out there. Well, in that it's, regard. it's funny you mentioned that because uh, <laughs> the experience of these people on the balloon is yeah. something they are striving for here. Mm. Uh, Joseph Durand, a French designer of Balmain and Givenchy stores in Paris, mm. uh, as well as such chic restaurants as Lulu and Monsieur Bleu. Oh, <clears throat> oh my has been tapped to create the interiors. Duran is known for his minimalist design style, which won't distract passengers from the most important thing, views of the earth. Mm. Uh, so design... no gold inlays. Okay, no, got right. it. <laughs> that might also make the balloon heavy. Yeah, that might be too. Design is about shaping experiences, and this experience will shape people's lives. I hope that our guests will return to earth with new right. perspectives towards our precious planet, its beauty, and how to protect it. Yeah. But to your point about meal. The onboard experience will be tailored for individual customer preferences with particular attention paid to food. Zavalto is striving to offer Michelin star quality cuisine to guests. Oh my. For 132 grand. Though the company declined to name any potential chef partners. We pointing I was just going to say, probably that's got to be your best damn Philly cheesesteak you've ever had in your life. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine? For 132 grand, I better be pooping gold. Right now. <laughs> uh, exactly. Uh, oh, man. So, yes, the company has declined to name any potential chef partners. Uh, and while, here's the real kicker while uh, Vincent wants people to savor their experience and be focused in the moment, Wi Fi will be available so they course. can show the experience to friends and family. Back on Earth. Uh, Here we are at Kilimanjaro, Kilimanjaro all over again. All over again, indeed. Yeah, oh my gosh. So, okay, same question. Would you do it for 132 grand there, Mr. Patent Lawyer? What do you think? Look, I'm a, I'm a physics geek. I, <laughs> I wouldn't... Earth's I wouldn't, stratosphere, we're talking about. I wouldn't mind, you know, seeing the Earth from that point of view, but mm -hmm. uh, not for that price tag. Not, <laughs> not in a Hindenburg duplicate. Um... <laughs> And I'm not a big rich food kind of guy. So, yeah, yeah. You know, unless they're offering uh, the tiramisu, must be outstanding. You know what I'm it saying? Better be but. for that price tag. <laughs> I, I, is this? I'm just trying to think here. I mean, this is really not for common Joe. No. Um, no, it's know, not. Because even, even, if, even if you're talking one percenters, Right? Yeah. They can't afford it. Uh, you got to be like 0.1% to, to afford this. Yeah. 
I, I mean, do you see this as a worthwhile thing for this guy to be doing? I, I would imagine for the super uber rich, it would be something that they would consider doing. I of honestly course. do believe that. And there will be a market. If he's planning 60 flights during the entire year, I mean, you stop to think about that 365 days, I'm doing the math right. I mean, that's like what? If you're doing 60 flights. Well, divide 360 by 60. Five, yeah. Is, uh, six. Six. Yeah, yes. it's like six a month. Yeah. No, well, uh, well, how are we doing? No, All right, 60 flights, 12 months, five a month. That's what you're at. There you go. So, I mean, I would think if you're doing it essentially like once, maybe twice a week, there's going to be a market for that. That's just, I mean, that's what's, what it's going to be, unfortunately. Um, I am like you, uh, Steve. I am, I don't really go for like the big, unless it's a very special occasion. Very special occasion. You got a chance to dress to the nines. You go downtown. You have a great night. You know, all that kind of stuff. All for it. Um, for $132,000, or six out hard pass <laughs> especially when the descent's coming down it's like oh great okay here we go you know you're going all the way down it's like, eh. i'm not so sure i i you know for me it's definitely way out of my price range but if i was uber rich I, eh, I can tell you eh, i can tell you the wi-fi part of it yeah. actually pisses me off yeah exactly yeah because now i'm spending 100%. 132 grand yeah to go up and enjoy an experience Hey mom, I'm on a, I'm on a <laughs> balloon in space. Isn't this cool? Check out the balloon Check that you out. couldn't afford to be on. Don't drop it. Yeah. <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> I would have to put up with that nonsense oh, now. Know. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, why why do we have to spoil everything with Wi-Fi? Wi-Fi, you don't need to live stream it, people. That was the one thing that I, I remember about what that Kil Kilimanjaro story that John had back in episode 99. Throw that in the upper right hand corner of the screen. Well, you have a good memory. I mean, it was the Gretzky <laughs> episode. How could I not forget it? Oh, um, yeah, that yeah. kind of a deal. But it was like, really? We have to be connected even all the way up in the stratosphere? We we have to stay connected. Why? I don't want to be connected. I don't. Especially when I see the heavens like that. That would, you take a step back, you probably go like, wow, that's just oh, sure. The last thing you're doing is pulling your phone out and hit record and live streaming this on the, no, no, enough with this. I'm done with Wi-Fi. Finished. Even though we're recording on Wi-Fi right now. But it's, <laughs> no. <laughs> Quiet. You never know what's going to happen out there. Anyway. Uh, I mean, <laughs> have you seen the ridiculous photo, the comparison of Jordan hitting that shot against the Utah Jazz? Yeah. Everybody's like, oh, my God. And then the one where LeBron passes uh, Kareem for the all-time scoring. Yeah. And every single person is like this. This. Yeah. I mean, that's that's just where we are. It's, it's an unfortunate thing. But you. So even though I can't afford to go into space for lunch, people are going to ruin it anyway by yeah. being on their phones. Surprise, surprise. Surprise, surprise. $132,000 for lunch. I think that's even too. Nah, not going to work. Thumbs down. And as you may be able to see, we are joined by a special guest for Topic 4. It's not John? No, oh. John's not a special guest. 
<laughs> no, well, he is a CEO of Tunub, so I, you know that kind of a deal. So. He is a CEO, but he holds no sway over me. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't hold sway over me, I guess. He either, can't so. Tucker Carlson me. <laughs> uh, I do, <laughs> do what I want. In any event, as you can see in the middle of the table here is Homer Simpson. Love we it. thought since for the first time in Tunub's history, two of us are in the same room on the same screen screen yeah one up uh we 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 ought to do something to kind of mark the occasion special so both of us are simpsons fans and i just happen to have a homer trivia game look at that and so we're gonna pay a little homer trivia to wind up two noobs episode 135 i was just gonna say too what a terrific host you've been thank you for allowing me to come here and uh, you know do the whole recording pretty cool love it I'll have to do it again. You're welcome. We will have to do it yeah, again. Have to Even do it if again. John's here, we can just put, <laughs> we can stuff him off in a corner and just put you know it's something like that. Yeah, who yeah, knows? Exactly. Yeah. Or I don't know if John ever makes his way back to Pennsylvania, we could squeeze him in, hit him right in the middle. Oh God, can you imagine? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> he would have to be really wedged in here. I mean, there's not much space. It's like ah, yeah, that kind of ah, we could we'll could, figure it out. We could push the monitor. <laughs> there's 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 ways around it. We, right. we don't have to demote John to Don Lemon. Yes, exactly, exactly. Well, so in any event, what we're going to do here is we've got a stack of cards, which are kind of like there you go. Uh, they have five questions on it. We're going to each take turns picking a card. We'll pick one question uh, to ask each other. There you go. Uh, if we get it right, obviously we get a point. Yep. If not, we don't get a point. We're going to try first to seven points. If we find this is going too easy, we will up that total. There you go. If we are completely stumped and can't do squat, we will uh, drop that number and maybe it will come down to sudden death. That sounds like a plan. Um, although if, depending on who's who goes first, if the first person gets to seven and the other person gets six, we will give the yeah. opportunity to probably best to you know maybe uh win by two or something like that yeah, something along closer, that. Yeah. or well you, you know if I, if it's like i have seven and you have six you have an opportunity to yeah. get it right if you don't game's over if you do we'll just keep, yeah, we'll just keep going yeah exactly. uh, so we'll see how it goes and this this game came out um this says copyright 2001 so oh so you're talking like early 90s early not well uh yeah early to late 90s, 90s early Simpsons. 2000 simpsons episode Oh, it's just, yeah. So anything good. that's like past 2001, if you're you know Simpsons fan out there, first of all, one, why are you watching the show? To be perfectly honest, because it's over. But <laughs> I mean, anything prior to 2001. So we're talking like real peak Simpsons, the better of the like the first 10 seasons, I guess it would be. It sounds something like that. Something so yeah, like 10, 12, somewhere. Yeah. Sounds all good. Right, uh, how about we do rock paper scissors? See who's first. Sounds good. All right. All right. One, one, two, two, three. three. Once one, two, three, shoot. Oh god, haven't you ever played rock, paper, scissors before? I guess not. Do you see what I have to do? I know, it's terrible. It's awful. Right, one, one, two, two three, three, shoot. One, two, three, shoot. Alright, you go first. There you go. Alright. Alright. Alright, so I got a card here. Oh boy. Let's <laughs> Alright. True or false? Okay. So you got a 50% chance of getting this right. Well, that's good. In the city of New York versus Homer Simpson, oh. Homer had to ride a scooter after Barney lost his car. I'm going to say true. I should have had a timer. Yeah. It is true. Ah. So I'll, I'll give you the card as the evidence of your point. There you go. Point number one right, right here. Point number one. All right. All right. There we go. Okay. In the in itchy and scratchy the movie, Ooh. 
Homer told Bart not to point what at him? The tank, the harpoon, or his butt? (laughs) Told him not to point it at him. What at him, right. (sighs) Tank, harpoon, butt. I'm going to go... I could see butt, but I think that's too obvious. I'm going to go harpoon. Oh, was Should it going with the first thing? Yeah. Uh, this butt. Yeah. <laughs> already behind. Already Maybe. behind. Here we go. All right. All right. Um, hmm. Let's see here. Uh, in Sideshow Bob Roberts. Oh, okay. While Bart and Lisa met secretly with Smithers. Hmm. Homer stayed in the car reading what? Oh, God. I, I This is going to be a complete guess on my part. The Art of War. <laughs> it was an Archie comic. Oh, it's an Archie yeah. comic. <laughs> right, that was think. the one uh, where the, he was a witness protection program, if I'm not mistaken. No, no. Oh, it was totally different. different. Okay, yeah. Okay, 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 okay. Yeah, totally missed that. That's one of, that may be my favorite episode of all time. Yeah. Hello, Mr. Thompson. I think he's talking to I'm, you. I'm pressing on your foot. <laughs> when I press on your foot. <laughs> All right. In Tennis the Menace, when Homer accidentally ripped off his tennis shorts, where did they land? In Ned's lunch, over the dog's bowl, or atop Marge's hair? Before you even gave the choice, I wanted to say atop Marge's hair. Well, that's my final answer. That is correct. Awesome. Congratulations. Right. So, there you go. Sweet. One to one. One to one. Okay. All right. Let's see. Uh, in Treehouse of Horror 5. Oh, boy. I love Treehouse. They were great. Oh, my gosh. Homer said he was the first what to travel back in time. Non-Brazilian person, bald nuclear technician, or H.G. Wells Book Club member. Oh, my gosh. I actually know this one. I'm going to go H.G. Wells Book Club member. Nope, I was right. Oh! First, I'm the first non-Brazilian person to go back in time. <laughs> That's right. Oh. All right. That was a great line. <laughs> I'm the first dog Brazilian. Didn't he also meet um, the dog and that kid? Quiet. <laughs> As he was going back. And yeah, that's right. Petty or something like that. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Okay. True or false? In Doan in the Wind, Homer said he just didn't have the discipline to be a hippie. True or false? I'm going to say true. You are correct. Because that's totally the opposite of what somebody would probably think. <laughs> you need discipline to be a hippie. Yeah, exactly. uh, right, two to one. Two to one. All right. All right. Let's see. Uh, in Missionary Impossible. Okay. That's another one. I that's a great one. Uh, Elmo knows where you live. <laughs> Homer was attacked in the alley by who? Larry Bird. Big Bird or Big Larry? Big Bird. That was too easy. Yeah, that was too easy. The pledge drive. Yeah, my gosh. That was hilarious. Betty White was in that. Betty White was in that. Okay. Hmm. 
in worst episode ever. <laughs> Thank you, comic book guy. Yeah. Bart and Milhouse were caught sneaking into the comic shop under Homer's coat because the comic book guy was tipped off by who? Homer, John Walsh, or Jimmy the Scumbag? I think Homer tipped them off. Homer is correct. That's right. Look at that. Three to two. All right. All right. Cooking finally. I want my participation trophy. (laughs) (laughs) You got a lovely take-home version of the game. (laughs) There you go. Uh, Let's see. What do you got? In Natural Born Kissers, Mm. Homer said he didn't think anything he'd ever done was what? Newsworthy, brave, or wrong? Newsworthy. Wrong. Oh, In fact, it was wrong. It was wrong. <laughs> he never did anything I think wrong. that was wrong. Oh, gosh. Could you, could you ever see Homer? Well, I could see early Homer admitting he was yeah. wrong. Yep. Later Homer, as stupid as he got, probably not. Probably not. Yeah. That's that's one of the reasons that this I thought The Simpsons kind of declined was like, at least Homer had redeeming features yeah. early on. Oh, yeah. And that just seemed to go out the window. And then, yeah, the more, the more it kept going... The worse it got because it was yeah. just like he was more known, yeah, more comic yeah. yeah. Okay, another true or false for you. Ooh, okay. In Little Big Mom, Lisa told Homer to stay away from Carl. True or false? Stay away from Carl. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna say false because I think she said stay away from Lenny. Correct. Yes. Spot on. Yes. It doesn't say that, does it? It is 100% spot on. You were right on the mark. Oh, it did say. It did oh, say. Oh, I remember hers. I remember Lisa specifically saying, I don't like you hanging around with that Lenny. <laughs> Lisa. So it's four to two now. Oh, man. All right. I'll give you a true or false one. Now Let's to, do it. Uh, yeah. See if you can get back in here. There we go. True or false. In Hungry, Hungry Homer. Just another good one. Yeah. Homer was replaced at the stadium by a guy who drank gasoline. Oh, oh man. False. That is correct. Oh, yeah. He was replaced by a guy who drank paint. Paint. I think his name was Paint Drinking Pete. Yeah, the paint guy. That's right. Paint Drinking Pete. Didn't he die in that episode too, or something like that? I can't. He remember. choked on the paint. He choked not, on the paint. <laughs> we got four three here, right? Yeah, so we did. Bottom it. of the uh, inning. Yeah. All right. Okay. Hmm. All right. Here we go. Legal question. In Brothers Little Helper, what legal manipulation did Bart do for Homer? This is a little tough one. Legal manipulation. Legal manipulation, yeah. What legal manipulation did Bart do for Homer? Changed his name. No. Organized all of Homer's lawsuits against him in one class. Ah. All right. Figured because he's a patent lawyer, give that a shot. That's, That's tough. That's a tough question. Admittedly. Okay. In the Mansion family, Homer called who... And asked her how it was going. Sandra Bernhardt, the Queen of England, or Oprah? <laughs> the Queen of England. Correct. <laughs> oh, sorry. Yeah, that's all right. All right. Four to four. Four to four. Bottom of the inning. Oh, man. Here we go. 
Okay, another true or false for you. Okay. In Viva Ned Flanders, Homer didn't know Marge's birthday, but he knew Barney's. That's absolutely true. You are 100% correct. <laughs> that sounds exactly like what <laughs> Homer would do. That's the problem. Yeah. In I Love Lisa. Okay. What did Apu sell to Homer at five cents off? Expired baby food, bananas without the peels, or melted ice? Expired baby food. That is correct. Expired baby food. We got five, five. Yeah. All right. It's close. Tight. Bottom of the inning. Okay. Multiple choice. Okay. In Bart versus Australia. Great. Oh, I love that one. That's Great cool. one. Why did Homer's shower keep turning hot to cold? Okay. Why did Homer's shower keep right. turning hot to cold? Okay. Marge was using the hose. Bart was flushing the toilet. Or a wizard did it. Bart was flushing the toilet. Yeah. Well, that's because the, the whole episode was about him asking yeah. which direction. The, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. And the direction. The, the yeah, direction yeah, yeah. the toilet would go. <laughs> All right, six to five, so uh, you better get this one. Yeah, all right. Um, True or false? Okay. In New Kids on the Blick, another one I like, Mm. Homer told LT Smash. (laughs) Wait a minute, that's Lieutenant Smash. (laughs) Told him he wouldn't sign anything unless it was a contract. That's true. Absolutely. Yeah, wow. All right, six to six. If I get this one, I am the... Undisputed, Undisputed champion? champion. All right. Hmm. He's gonna pick the absolute hardest question on the card. No, we're gonna we're gonna go. Um, we're gonna go multiple choice. Okay. In one fish, two fish, blowfish, bluefish. That's the one where Homer almost dies from eating the blowfish. Right? Yep. Homer listened to a tape of Larry King reading what? <laughs> The Good Book, The Dead Zone, or Kosher Holiday Recipes. It was the Bible. Otherwise known as The Good Book. The Good Book. Yes. <laughs> That's funny that we ended on Larry King. Yeah. That, was the, that was the joke at the beginning. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Should have worn my suspenders. Yeah. <laughs> it was a lot of fun, bud. Yeah, yeah absolutely. It was great. Yeah, a lot of fun. Pleasure. Now yeah. get out. Okay. Uh, All right. But <laughs> that about does it. Episode 135 of Two Noobs Talking. We, uh, we hope you enjoyed the episode. I am. I was going to say I'm Tucker Carlson. I was going to say I was going to tell the other one, and I don't. I don't want to do that to either. Well, of you're us. stupendously Steve Murray. Oh, I am, and I am the magnificent Matt Craig. There you go. There you go. You learned the alliteration. That's awesome. There you go. Gotta we are. We are missing. Um, Judicious John Tracy. That's right. <laughs> Pulled that one out of your ass. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Good stuff. Hopefully, John will be back with us next week for more stellar discussions on Two Noobs Talking. Matt, you got anything final to say before we get out of here? Um, I am not going to that French restaurant for $132,000 and flying up in the stratosphere. Just FYI. Fair enough. There you go. We will see you next week, people. Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to us here at Two Noobs Talking. If you want more of Two Noobs on social media, we're here for you. You can find us by searching Two Noobs Talking on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and Clapper. 
Have a great week, and we look forward to delivering another great episode to you next week. Take care. Thank you.